Saturday afternoon. We're actually recording on a Saturday afternoon because it's the birds and the lees. It's Nathan and Kim. How are you guys? You guys? There's me. Just me here. Well, I mean the people who are listening. <laughs> I don't think If there are anybody, yeah, if there is anybody listening. No, I, we want everybody to, to know that we care about their I day. mean, I, what I know is that chocolate made my day better. It so. did, because we worked out in the yard this morning. And yeah. You, yeah, we worked hard and you came in and... Had some chocolate, and yep. suddenly after you had chocolate, this uh, gear started working for some so reason. So I'm just going to bring chocolate every time, and we'll be great. You should. All right. Well, speaking of work, which we did a lot of this morning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, was a nice segue. It was a nice segue. We actually thought it might be kind of fun uh, to talk uh, about what it means to have a job when you're younger. Our daughter has her first job right now. Yeah. And uh, I think she got a pretty cool one. Um, she yeah. works uh, at, at a uh, entertainment venue, if we will, Great Wolf Lodge. She works at Great yeah. Wolf Lodge. Yeah. And I uh, don't know how much we can say. I don't, like, I don't. I'm not going to say anything. She loves the job. Yeah. It's a great job. Um, and, and I would uh, I would say definitely uh, for a 17-year-old, it's, it's been really cool. But yeah. we want to talk about our jobs because our jobs were much different back then. Yeah, I didn't have nearly the cool choices that <laughs> no, she has. No, I didn't has. either. Um, when you kind of go back the, through the history of it, uh, you know, we were writing them down and listing them. And I never really thought I had that many jobs. And then as I got into it, I was yeah. like, oh, my gosh, there were a lot of them that were real short. Yeah. When we were first talking, you were like, I can remember them off the top of my head. I haven't had that many. And it was funny because every time you went back and counted on your fingers, you added two or three. Uh, okay. Here's what I added. Total <laughs> uh, from the original. I missed one, two, three, four of my jobs four of my jobs i'm counting I'm oh counting. you're actually counting them 11 12 13 14 15 16 17 so i've had about 20 different i've had about 20 different jobs okay so you beat me because i only, okay. i have only had and and here's the thing is uh, i don't count jobs that i've had twice at the same place correct Co- correct so but, i've had 14 okay jobs. so i i haven't had duplicate jobs like that maybe some I went back and forth to but I have had the same job type of job at different locations uh that I did I did I did count that that was fine that was fine so all right yeah so here we go um what I thought might be kind of fun is let's list them and then pick our top three the most memorable I think that would be good The most memorable the most memorable job like the ones that like if you think okay what are my jobs that I've done Mm -hmm. um but can I do like a brief synopsis of each one? A synopsis? What's a synopsis? Synopsis, a synopsis is, is what your, your brain, brain does. does. A synopsis <laughs> is a story. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Welcome to the real life with Nathan and Kim. At least it wasn't a word you made up. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Those are both legit yes, words. Yes, I'm very good at making She's up making, words. She makes up words. So um, here's what we'll do is we'll, we'll list our jobs. And when we go into uh, 
if there's one that doesn't make a whole lot of sense that that it would be one you're doing you like yeah. maybe people don't understand what the job is give right. a little background on it but right i wouldn't uh i wouldn't worry yeah. too much about okay most of them are self-explanatory so let's go with yours first okay um junior high i really made my first money by helping my dad mow mm-hmm. after that babysitting came quickly and i had a lot of babysitting jobs Okay. I was a waitress at a place. It was a burger joint called Tiger Bulls in Dallas. And Tiger Bulls. Uh huh. Yeah. And (laughs) it was like it wasn't really waitress. I just I took their their like it was a like they was behind the counter kind of thing. Super casual. Yeah. 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 Um, kind of like Jake's ish. Okay, yeah, you know, I used to think you worked at Jake's the way you would describe this place. No, I just ate there a lot. You just ate there a lot at Jake's. Okay. <laughs> if you don't know Jake's, um, Jake's is a burger place in the Dallas area, yeah. and it's really good. Yeah. Gym uh, entry, so I worked at a, a workout facility and was cross-trained to, like, help people do okay. their workouts. That's good. And I did the the ticketing system to get in. Okay. Um, child care at a facility, White Rock North, mm-hmm. in North Dallas. Then we moved to college and i couldn't remember where some of these placed so they may be in a little bit reversed order but they're pretty much correct okay so i worked at victoria's secret okay that may be one of the interesting ones okay yeah i think i think you've told me that that's Uh an interesting one um ymca child care of dallas so okay there's one we actually have in common yeah two different locations yes but Uh uh-huh uh, Schofield School after school care. So I wasn't a teacher there. I just did after school care, okay. which I actually really enjoyed. Dallas Pool Lifeguard Manager. I know that's an interesting one. Yeah. So You've I got had, good stories. I was, I was really terrible, but I have great stories. Okay. I was learning how to be a manager and nobody really taught me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you had to. Um, so from that, I kind of jumped into lifeguarding as a pool sub. So you would go mm-hmm. into some of these neighborhoods that have little neighborhood pools that are like 100 by 80 like like a community like a yeah. hoa pool yeah like an okay. hoa pool yeah. and you would just sit there on saturdays and sundays and it was great great people cute kids it was a lot of fun for the most part okay uh at richland college for a very short time i was a lifeguard there mm-hmm. and that's in dallas as well at unt i went and became a lifeguard and moved up to be a rec staff manager so i helped um my staff underneath me to work and okay make sure everybody was there that needed to be that was really fun i had an internship at the ymca in capel this is all in college really you had okay uh-huh yeah i was um i was their after school care director intern mm-hmm. and i helped restructure all of the games that they had for the after school care program okay um kind of i worked at a child care facility in flower mound as mm. an intern my during all of those internships, I sold deer and access cowhide. Yeah, I yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was one of the ones when we first met. It was yeah. like, oh, you sell cowhides. And okay, that's interesting. Hundred percent enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, and so then I went into grad school and I had an internship at Denton Juvie ju- okay. Juvenile Facility. Yeah, the Juvenile Facility. Um, that was interesting. When we got married, I had graduated right at the same time, so I went into my social work. My degree was in child development Mm -hmm. and family studies with a master's in counseling. So I went into social work in the North Texas area for at-risk kids. Yep. Then from there, it was a little bit too much of stress, so I went into new home sales in Parker, Texas. Uh, Price range was like 600, really almost to a million on a couple. 
houses we could never live in. <laughs> yeah. Well, at then. Uh, with the way everything's raising, it may not be a choice pretty soon for yeah, most. Yeah, well, I know. Yeah, house <laughs> prices. But those were houses we would never live in. Yeah, they're beautiful. Um, from there, I took a few years off to take care of my dad. Mm-hmm. When I came, we, in the meantime, moved to Pennsylvania. When I came back, I went into new home sales in South Lake in the million, I'm going to say the million plus price range. Yeah. And then from there, I transitioned into a realtor. Mm-hmm. And I did that for about 10 years and God provided a crazy opportunity for me to get into technology sales, which is, we've talked about it before, yeah. where I'm at now. That's cool. Yeah. Technology sales was not one I would have ever put on the list that we no. were going to have, that you were going to end up doing. No, so yeah, that was absolutely. interesting enough. Okay. So, uh, I didn't have a job. I don't think I had a job in middle school. No, I had it my freshman year. That's what it was. Um, or maybe it was, yeah, it may have been middle school. It may have been eighth grade. I forget. Anyway, all that to say, um, I got a job. Uh, my mother got me a job at the nursing home she was working at. So that was mm-hmm. at Sycamore Manor Nursing Facility. I was a junior orderly, part of a pilot program. In at, Pennsylvania? In Pennsylvania, okay. yeah. This is in Williamsport. Uh, a pilot program that they had started. Uh, I actually ended up being the longest tenured uh, uh, oh. student working there. Everybody pretty much quit after That's about six months. Time. It was a long time. I was there for a couple of years. Um, okay. So that, and then I worked when we moved to Texas, I kind of sat on my butt and didn't get a job right away, but ultimately ended up working at the dollar theater in Louisville. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I stayed there for a very long time. Uh, during the summers in college, I was a camp counselor at Horn Creek. When I transferred out to Texas tech, this was, those were when I was going to UNT. When I transferred out to Local. Texas tech, I got a job in the bookstore, which I really wanted, but I found out it was only uh, a beginning of the year job, so it was only on... on I don't the, think I knew that. You didn't know that? I worked at the bookstore for about a month, month I and a half. I bet you loved that. I did. The only problem was, you know, once once everybody buys all their books, it's yeah. dead, right? Yeah, they need um, like two people after that. Yeah, they that. need two people. Then, I actually worked in the dining hall at Tech, uh, which was gross and yeah. brutal. Yeah. Um, Got wanted to get out of that, so I actually went to work at another movie theater in Lubbock. Uh, it was a tiny little Cinemark theater; doesn't exist anymore. Got a job there. Thought I was going to get a job as a projectionist because that's what I'd done at the Dollar Theater, and they were like, "No, we're too small. You get to work the concession stand." Mm, so that was like Ugh. bummer. But I needed out of that, so I actually applied to be a resident assistant, and mm-hmm. I didn't get the job till the last day of school. Um, but I finally, I was like an alternate and so, which is an interesting story Mm. on that. So they brought me in, uh, during the summers, if I, uh, so I worked at, as a camp counselor during those summers until my very last summer at camp counselor at Horn Creek. Oh, okay. All the uh, way through. Yeah. Okay. So the last semester or the last summer I was in college, I actually got another job instead of camp counselor. It was, uh, working for United Van Lines. So I was moving houses and businesses and things for a summer. Um, after that, uh, when, once I graduated and I knew where I was headed, but I had some time during that summer, I was actually a YMCA camp counselor, yeah. day camp counselor. What year was that? That would have been 98, uh, summer of 98. Okay. So, um, and then I moved out to Georgia where I became a residence, resident director. I was running a building mm-hmm. out there. Um, and I say that as I'm only listening to that once because for those three years that I was a resident director, I was in Georgia right. and then I was in Lubbock, but I got a master's, there's I did a master's of, work in there. There's a yeah. lot of movement in that industry. There's a lot of movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I came back to go to seminary, I worked at Lifeway 
I worked as an intern at our church and Mm -hmm. I worked at Lowe's at the same time Mm -hmm. until that kind of burned me out. And I actually, right after that, went full time. I went from intern at the church to full time um, and stayed full time uh, from 2000, what's 2005, really? 2004. At the church? Yeah, 2004 to 2011. I was full time ministry. Um, until you guys have heard that story, I lost my job, came back here, mm-hmm. worked at Lowe's again and receiving, yeah. running little forklifts and things like that. And then the new academy opened up and I worked there uh, until finally I was uh, offered a job at another church, which then I've been in churches since then. So uh, yeah, so that's about 15 jobs, I think, somewhere in there. Okay. Okay. So what we want to do is, okay, so look at that list. Yeah. Which ones are the most memorable? And by memorable, what I mean is when you when you think about them, uh, you you have stories. And you know the thing about this is we can go with stories all day. Yeah, we're so real bad about that. We're real bad about that. So try <laughs> to narrow the stories down to the funniest, or what was the best thing about those jobs? Why okay. did they stand out? So okay. why don't you do one and then I'll do one? Okay. Let me decide on choices here. Okay. Okay. So I think I will start with. Victoria's Secret. Okay. Because I would say that's <laughs> yeah. Oh. We'll start there. Good. Well, All I'm right. just going in order, looking okay, at my yeah, list. I um, I so that was a really neat job. I enjoyed it because most women coming in there are very vulnerable, mm-hmm. and it's a neat time to be able to um, love on someone where they're at. Yep. And encourage them in their beauty. Yeah, cuz you're in a place that you're surrounded by photos of, yeah. you know, the perfect quote woman and yeah. then you but you but it has necessities in there that you nice, mm-hmm. you know, higher quality necessities for a woman yeah. you need to go get. And many so before it became what it is is when I worked there, they were mm-hmm. in the middle of the ch- of the change when all that con- I was working there. So we didn't have like the figurines around us that were like the pictures didn't exist in the store and it was really more it almost reminded me of like a european clothes store Oh, okay because it was very dark it Mm -hmm. was very um removed almost from the rest of the entire mall yeah so this was at north park mall before they're at their new location where they're at which was years ago don't try to figure out when they moved it was forever ago um and really it was a place they actually marketed themselves as a place to go and get yourself fit for for anything that you needed undergarments so um i did get to help a lot of people in that Mm -hmm. area um and talk about how their beauty wasn't based on a number that the numbers are just arbitrary based on what they needed yeah so um yes it was a wonderful job i had great co-workers Mm -hmm. um i did get in trouble one time for telling a hispanic woman that i loved her accent Oh, nice job. Yeah, I know. I'm real rude. And I also, because I was discriminatory, because I told her. Because she had an accent that and I, you acknowledged yes. it. Yeah. Uh-huh, and I told her how beautiful it was. And then. Um, Did she complain? Yeah, to my boss. Oh, wow. And my boss was very kind about it and tried to explain, but the woman didn't understand. That this was a compliment. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so she, when I, I went up to her after work and I said, how can I be better at my job through this and she was like don't worry you gave her a compliment we can't ask you to do better than that yeah yeah um after that 
I would say of that job, the funniest thing that happened is a sweet lady that was getting married <laughs> got a a garment stuck on her head. And we had to <laughs> like both of us had to work together to get wow. this off. It was funny and we were both giggling and it was a great moment. That's cool. Yeah. All right. So what about you? Um, so I have to say, uh, the first one would be my first job and that was working in the nursing home. So just mm. real quick, I've mentioned mm-hmm. this, uh, my mom had, she's a nurse. She'd been a nurse for many years. And when we moved to Williamsport, Pennsylvania at the time, she got a job, uh, working in this nursing facility and it's kind of the, the traditional nursing, you know, back then what you yeah. imagine it is. Um, and, uh, they had this program where, you know, your responsibilities as a junior orderly was every morning shift, you made beds, served breakfast, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, you did some cleaning stuff, you did whatever they needed. Night shifts were meals and, and preparing people for the morning. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, when we first started, uh, we were feeding those who were not able and ambulatory Mm -hmm. to feed themselves. We were doing that, but then. Uh, we realized that state law prohibited us because we were so young to be able to do it. Well, it was a change midway through. So then what it went to is documenting percentages of food that they were eating. Oh, okay. So uh, we were helping keep track of, you know, dietary intake. Occasionally we would uh, shadow doctors to help, uh, which was one of the worst things I've ever done because I went with a Mm. podiatrist. Mm. And Mm -mm. I got to see things like gangrenous toes. It was really bad. But, Mm -mm. um, you know, it was was interesting because what you find out is, man, some of the people that worked in nursing, they're rough people. You know, they, they love the residents, but they, they can be kind of rough. I can see Um, that. But it was, it was neat because, you know, you got to, you know, we would, I think the thing they wanted most was in the midst of all the rush of everybody Mm -hmm. working, they wanted us to get to know people. And, you know, obviously you had, you had people who were in uh, early stages, mid stages or late stages of things like dementia and stuff, which can be sad. Yeah. Unless you approach it with a little bit of a of a dark sense of humor, yeah. because you know you just kind of have to enjoy those moments with them and still care for them, you know. Right. Which saying this is going to sound horrible, but mm-hmm. you know there was a lady. Uh, her name was Helen. That she would constantly warn me that the moon was out to get me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she told me that all the time. Uh, we had another man named Howard who was kind of that lecherous, like dirty old man oh. and he would cha- you know if we had a younger nurse on the floor he would chase after her he was all he had emphysema and oh. so he had the horrible like fluid cough and everything sure but he was always asking me to go buy him cigarettes mm-hmm. and so he'd always try to give me money and i was like dude i'm 14 i can't buy you cigarettes and he's like ah, you know yeah you could, even if you give me the money there's... even if you give me the money you know but you know there was good and bad i saw things that uh some things that you know kind of helped me just be okay with it you know yeah. I've, I've seen yeah. people who've passed I've been in rooms with with bodies that were waiting to be picked up but right. at the same time there were funny you know things that you know, we had a lady who was constantly trying to marry the men mm-hmm. so we would have to watch her because she'd try to wheel them away to the JP oh, to get married even yeah. though these men were married yeah. and their wives would Came come and often. visit them yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think the coolest story um, in the midst of all these funny ones, there was there was a lady who, uh, man, I think she was a hundred or close to it, but you wouldn't have thought. You would have thought maybe seventy five. But uh, I was getting ready. We were getting ready to leave Williamsport to move to Texas because Dad had got transferred with Frito Lay, and I was talking to her and and I said, Yeah, I'm getting ready to move to the Dallas area mm-hmm. uh, because my dad works for Frito Lay. She goes, Well, my son works for Frito Lay. I was like, Really? I said, Where does he live? She mm-hmm. said, Well, he's in the Dallas area. He's at headquarters. 
Um, I said, yeah, we're apparently moving to a place called Highland Village. She goes, he mm-hmm. lives in Highland Village. Mm-hmm. And so I went home and told my dad his name. And he goes, oh, yeah, I know him. Mm. And turns out he lived like a mile, less than a mile down the street from us when we moved here. So I got to meet him. And, and cool. it, it was pretty cool. Like, it just this really, it's like real small world, right? Yeah, yeah. So central Pennsylvania to Dallas, I already, when we got here, already had a connection between the two. So that was pretty cool. So... Yeah, I would say that was probably the most memorable, the one one of the ones that sticks out in my head. In fact, when we were talking about this, I was laying in bed at night <laughs> thinking about my jobs and this one just kept coming back. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I would say my next one is selling Axis and Deeride. <laughs> um, well, and I think cow primarily cuz how many people do you meet who know who do that? Yeah, it's a real niche market yeah. and there um so there is a select group of people that sell them typically what ends up happening is the hides come from places like Nicaragua. Yeah. And your family will have a farm in Nicaragua. You huh. will come and live or temporarily work in the States and people will trade off with you. So if your farm is in Nicaragua, you'll have one person in the yeah. States at a time and go back and forth. It does work well because then you know what you're selling, where mm-hmm. it came from, what the quality is. Uh, we kind of got into it. Because my mom found a need for it um, for high-end sales. So remember at the time I was working, um, well, I was in school and she was selling new homes, luxury homes. And so those homes needed nice things. Mm -hmm. So somehow within all of that industry, we figured out that this was a need. She had a connection in Nicaragua. Yeah, She could sell it, but she didn't have the time. And okay. I needed a job. Yeah. So I befriended, we went out to trade days in Canton huh. and I found a very sweet guy, Yeah. just a super family guy. I got along with him. Great. And I started selling him access and deer hide. The markup is so high on those. I could sell them once a month on a Saturday for college purposes, right? We're not, yeah, take, you're not talking we're take, mega. making a living off of no. no. And it's hard to break into the industry, but I could sell them once a month or so on a Saturday and have mm-hmm. enough for the entire month. Oh, wow. So <laughs> I wish I had thought of something like that. It was it was a really great gig. And he was the sweetest guy. I was there when his, his daughter got married mm-hmm. and she got pregnant. And we just went through a lot of life together. You and I even got engaged. Yeah, we did. When I was doing that. That's where we got <laughs> uh, our bedside tables. Yeah, that's yeah, right. You he traded made them. hides yeah. for our bedside tables yeah. that you custom designed. Uh huh. I custom designed. So that was pretty cool. So, um, it it was a really neat gig to teach me how to sell better and how yeah. to be a better manager of product. Mm, okay. It was a great job for that, and I really like. I said the people in that industry are like, or were when I was doing it, just what do they say, salt of the earth? Is yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Good people who really just wanted each other to succeed. So yeah. there was often trades. Actually, that was one of two or three trades I did for Access Hide to get furniture. Mm. So it was really um, a wonderful environment for me mm-hmm. to learn in college how to run my own business, how okay. to um, manage product. Cool. As well. Um, wow. That's, I mean, that's a really interesting, <laughs> like, like how many people do you know? I, I sold cowhides yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, I would, you know, it's when I say memorable jobs, they don't, it doesn't necessarily mean that they were always great, but, uh, they, yep. you know, definitely stuck out. So I would have to say the next one, uh, was the job I had right after the nursing home. And that was the dollar theater. Oh yeah. Cause I love movies and, and I was big into that. And, you know, I had never seen a dollar theater until we moved to Texas and oh. we don't really have them anymore. Okay. Uh, but if you've never seen, you know, you're listening somewhere else, they always, we called them second run theaters is what they were. And so when the big mm. movies would come out. Uh, and they would take them out of the theater. They'd send them to us, and we'd charge a buck for a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, we made most of our we made our profit off of concessions, which is you know what all theaters do. Right. Um, but uh, you know, I I got there, and of course, I started as an usher. And my friend was the one that got me the job, and uh, he's the one that pointed me in that direction. And I got a job as an usher, and then uh, I was behind the concession stand, and I was in the ticket counter. But pretty quickly, I moved up to projectionist because I had an interest in it. And, you know, I worked hard and, and at the other stuff. And they were finally like, hey, we think you could do this. So let, let's teach you. Because I just was fascinated by it, by the, by the equipment and running movies and stuff. Um, so I became the projectionist, which was the greatest job ever. Because in an eight-hour shift, you hmm. might work two. Yeah. Because it's just getting the movies ready. Now, if it was a Wednesday, that was a busier day. Because that's when all the new movies would come in. And back then, this was before digital film. And so it was 35 millimeters, so you had to put all the movies together. So I learned all these cool, like, things, you know, like how to, how to splice movies together, how to fix breaks, you know, how to repair light bulbs and things like that in these projectors. Um, but, I, you know, part of the reason why this job stands out, obviously, for many of us in our job is the people, because I made a lot of friends in this job. To this day, you still talk some to some of them, of them I right? still do, um, you know, uh, you know, very close friends at the time and, and still who I would consider close, even though we may not have talked much anymore. But, uh, you know, it was it was such a weird environment um, because there was a lot of kind of sketchy stuff going on. Right. Um, you know, I remember the manager was always trying to get me to smoke pot. Um, that was his thing is like trying to get me to, to get high and I never did. And, um, but the fun things we did like Wednesday nights were preview night and for right. A, so everybody gets to go and so see. everybody gets to, you know, for a while there, we'd all go up and watch all the movies cause you'd have five or six movies at a time. But eventually it would turn into something like we used to play sardines in the movie theater. Right. With, we had 10 screens and we'd play sardines with all the lights off. And, that would uh, terrify me. Oh my gosh, it was so awesome. Um, you know, pitch black movie theaters. Uh, but then after a while, we got bought out by a new company, and they wouldn't allow us to do that anymore. The company that pre- originally owned us was local. They had two theaters in Dallas. Then we oh. got picked up by a second-run company that was nationwide. And to be honest with you, they basically ruined it. It wasn't fun anymore. Oh, and the guy, stinks. the guy who was uh, the manager, was a jerk and arrogant. And but it was just really funny because after that, they were like, okay, on preview nights, you can't have people up here. You have to do it by yourself. So there were nights where I would uh, start the first preview movie because you're watching them to make sure everything's okay with them, um, that they're put together properly and there's no damage. I would start at 1130 and sometimes get home at four. Ew, no. And would Mm-mm. be in a theater <clears throat> all by myself, pitch black. Walking from screen to screen because I would start multiple movies, which really wasn't the way. Do they you did still it. run the movies if no one's there? Yeah, you have. To, well, okay, so not any. I don't know if it's necessarily more because you had to uh, run them um, in case someone came late. Well, because you needed them to. It depends. Like if if nobody showed up, um, yeah. and uh, you just nobody showed up, and by the time you started, you could not do it. But then yeah. if somebody came in late, you'd have to start it. 
Um, but once you started a film at the time, you had to run it all the way through. You couldn't rewind it. <laughs> right. Like there's no way film. to rewind 35 millimeters. So yeah. you had to run the movie. And then, okay, so once it's over, it's rewound and you just restart it. You, well, yeah, you, you, there's a three level, there's three platters on top of each other, you yeah. know, one, two, three. And so you just run from one platter to the other. Um, huh. and that's it. You know, that's, that's all you do. Yeah. It was cool. Cause then you could pick the movies up. Like if you needed to move screens, you oh. just picked up the whole platter cause they laid flat. Interesting. And you just, you know, pick them up and move them huh. and we'd do that. But, uh, you know, it was funny. I, you know, there were, you just think through college, there were girls I had crushes on yep. and, and there mm-hmm. were girls who had crushes on me, weird, crazy girls that had crushes on me. One of which called me one time on a, I was getting ready to go on a ski trip with the youth group as a chaperone. And she called me up and told me she had a dream where I fell out a window and died. And I was like, well, it's okay because it's a single story building. Ew. And uh, yeah. And she had a boyfriend and he hated mm. me, but she was always, and I figured it out was the reason she was so, like infatuated with mm-hmm. me is because I was nice to her and helped her with her homework one <laughs> mm. night. So wow. it was just one of those things. A lot of stories from it. I mean, that's a whole episode in itself of right. just dollar theater stories. But I would have to say that would be the second most memorable. Okay. Awesome. Well, so my third one would be my internship, I think, at Denton Juvie. Um, so it's a facility for basically kids that are in jail. A lot of them have a history. Uh, you don't get there by doing one thing. You get there by doing many things. So the first step typically for a kid in that position mm-hmm. would have been like uh, kind of a school at, at that facility yeah. that was just a day school. And they taught ROTC. Is that how you say it? ROTC. Yeah. ROTC. They taught those kind of basic mechanics. Um, they did a lot of marching. Oh, wow. But okay. the kids that I was with were the next step. So most of them had already been through that school. Mm-hmm. And we're now just doing, like, jail time. They did something for jail time. Um, We did have one kid in there while I was there. I can't say a lot about it, but he was beyond the scope of any of our capabilities to work with. So that one I never saw or had anything to Mm -hmm. do with. I just heard stories about that I can't repeat. So, um... My job was to work counseling students who, I say students because they were all under the age of 17. Okay. Once you turn 18, the day of, you age out, sometimes earlier, depending on what you had done. So I worked with a ton of kids that um, really had, I'm going to phrase it as this, they had a hard life growing Mm -hmm. up. Very few of them, one of my students did not have a hard life, but made a really poor choice for, made poor choices for about a month. Yeah. And I think he was on his way to what I'm going to call recovery, and he would be fine after he uh, had some behavioral therapy mm-hmm. and really just had a, t- a break. He needed yeah. a break from life. So he got that, and I really don't see – I'm betting if we went back that he never stepped in jail again. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's Yeah, I cool. think he was doing great. But my other students were really – it was fun to get kind of that different perspective of yeah. you think these kids just, like, came out of the womb, like, holding up yeah. stores at gunpoint and <laughs> yeah. yeah, all the horrible things. But then you get to know them, and you see that, you know, the kid that hung – that held up the – the place trying to get money was doing it because his family didn't have a Christmas Mm. or the kid that was out at 3 a.m. for the third time. And that's what put him in jail or her in jail was because they were prostituting themselves because their parents had kicked them out. Oh, and it's, 
you know just real tragic it is real tragic but at the end of the day those same kids who were doing that also really liked to watch cartoons and really liked the kid things in life Mm -hmm. and being able to have that empathy and see you know those choices were made because they felt like they didn't have other options Mm -hmm. um and and facilitate what other options might be yeah. on the other side was really a fun if then moment. Yeah, yeah, I can see mm-hmm. that. I can see that. Yeah. Um. So I'm not going to cheat because they're really two kind of go together. But sure. it was uh, the jobs that shaped kind of where I'm at today, and that would be yeah. uh, camp counselor and the resident assistant. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the camp counselor was I had gone to camp in. Uh, my senior year, never been to summer camp, went to this place, Horn Creek, awesome place. Um, loved it, wanted to be a camp counselor, realized that in my senior year that the director had uh, put me in a cabin with a bunch of guys because he was screening for the next counselor. So yeah, I got that of job. Course. Yeah, <laughs> I got that job. It was amazing. I'm still friends with uh, some of the people that I worked with. I've lost track of some, but everybody was just awesome. And it was a Christian camp and it was pretty formative in getting me in a direction that I wanted to go. But interestingly enough, would be one that I personally believe that God directed me elsewhere to give me some skills and learn some things so I mm-hmm. uh, went back to school my dad had been pressuring me to get a, a an RA job because we got free room and board yeah so we got a free room single room we didn't have to share and we got a full meal plan you know they don't really do that anymore they don't do that anymore yeah, in fact uh, we really were one of the few schools because one of the schools I worked at as a hall director they did not do that <clears throat> but we got yeah. a full full meal uh meal plan there was only one meal we had to go off site to buy and that was Sunday night sure um, but we got our own room. We got paid a hundred bucks a month, which became one hundred and fifty bucks a month. But you you had everything you needed. You didn't, sure. You know that yeah. was entertainment money. Yeah. Um. But and you could make extra money at things like stay for spring break because there right. would be a couple of people in the building, and and yeah. that was miserable because you couldn't leave the building. I, I would not be interested. It in was. That. All, I, I did spent, it once. I did it once. It was terrible. I spent every spring break except two mm-hmm. on vacation. Yeah. See, that was it. Was awful, and yeah. I would never do it. You know, I told myself, don't ever do it again. But, you know, the, living in a, in a, and you're not supposed to say dorm is an RA, you're supposed to be, say, residence hall, but it's a okay. dorm. So you're working in the dorm, and, uh, you know, you've got guys that are really cool and awesome, and, you know, they're, they're freshmen coming in for the first time, and they're mm-hmm. going crazy, and they're learning. But at the same time, they're just good guys, right? They're getting themselves in mm-hmm. trouble, they're drinking, yeah. but they're good guys, and you really like being around them. Then you got the guys who, are just like they're just troublemakers and they don't want anything to do with you and Mm -hmm. and they're just going to make problems and I would say the best stories I have and the worst stories I have uh, are being in that job um, of having to deal with that stuff Um, because you saw everything from from uh, I can remember getting in trouble one night really bad trouble and it was a very much a sobering no pun intended wake-up call is I had a kid who passed out in a mm-hmm. in a dorm room and I didn't call the hot, I didn't call the paramedics and he was out out out. I mm-hmm. thought he would sleep it off and my boss was like what if he died and that right. was a big deal. Right. And I got in a lot of trouble for that with my boss. But then the next week I was able to redeem myself because I put out a fire yeah. in a room that some idiot had left his candle. He had his he and his girlfriend had uh. had a romantic night. He drove her home. They were both drunk. And he oh, said his Oh good. Yeah. This is all kinds yeah. of good story. He yeah. set his room on fire. And so uh, we had to evacuate the building, and I had to put the fire out. And there's a Kids funny. Kids are the worst. They, it was this kid, man. 
But this is where the formative part comes from. Because I was majoring in English. I wanted to be an English teacher. And uh, my boss, Dana, um, who I worked with for two years, she I'm getting close to graduation. And she calls me into her office and sits me down. And she says, Nathan, you don't need to be a mm. teacher. And I was like, oh, wow. What does that mean? She goes, you would hate it. I have a story in a minute when okay. you're done. She goes, you would hate it. And I was like, yeah. what, what makes you think I would hate it? She said, because you have to give up the kids at the end of the day. Yeah. And you don't get to be around them all the time. And she yeah. said, what I've noticed in you is you love being around the people that you work with. You love and yeah. thrive in an environment where 24 hours a day you're around students. That That is really funny because you're that way to this day where you mm. will open our house. You are much more comfortable opening our house than even I am. Mm. And you will open it anytime for any reason. <laughs> <laughs> you will Sometimes welcome them in. Sometimes against asking, you know, without yeah. asking you. Yeah. Yeah, she said that. She said, you, you can't be apart from them. So she said, what I think you need to do is you need to go be a resident director. Her job. Sure. So they sent me to, and apparently how you do that in the resident's life is for your first job, you go to Oshkosh, Wisconsin for the Oshkosh Placement Exchange, the OPE. So I flew to Oshkosh in winter. Do you think they still have that? Uh, probably. I don't know. I, I, I flew to Oshkosh in winter mm. um, to uh, the University of Wisconsin, Oshkosh, and yeah. uh, flew into Green Bay and drove, got a cab. Um, oh, a cab. Got there, left in a blizzard. It was horrible. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, went through this, you know, you, it's so funny because it was a high-rise dorm, 12 floors, and on each yeah. floor were different schools in different rooms that you went and interviewed with. Oh, so they like used each room for each school. Yeah. So I, intervie I interviewed with the University of Alaska. I interviewed Man, with- Man, your fascination with Alaska I know, goes I really way wanted to go. back. I, you know, a bunch of different schools, but I ended up landing on the school, Georgia Southern University, which yeah. interestingly enough, one of the guys that was on, uh, the, you know, uh, leadership staff, their housing yeah. staff had been at Texas tech where I right. was. And so he knew me. So I ended up getting that job. Never went to, I've never been to the school. I graduated yeah. from college. And the first time I see the school is when I step foot on it. You drive up. To I drive there. up on it. So. Um, it was two years. I worked on a master's there. It was ups and down, big ups and downs in yep. those two years. We'll um, get to that some of it because I don't yeah, think we really we've never really talked about it. But it was a, yeah. it was a very uh, there were days that were good and there were days that were pretty devastating. Um, it reminds and, me a lot of Louisiana when you talk about it. That part of Georgia is very much like it because yeah. there's swamps and there's you know well, and there's marshy a lot of historical stuff and there's stuff. I mean Civil War battles. Yeah. You know we're only on uh, 45 minutes from Savannah. We were in Statesboro, so. But that's the, those two, you know, that little career as a hall director and a uh, camp counselor and a resident assistant, that's what got me really to become a youth pastor because I would meet people and they would be bright eyed for college and talk about how they'd been involved in a church at home and had this great youth group. They were going to get plugged into crew or mm -hmm. navigators, but they were also going to be in a sorority or a fraternity. And then like six months later, or sometimes even less than that, I'm having to pick them up off the floor because they're yeah. just, they're in an alcohol I mean, they just, they fell off That's by rough. the wayside and it was hard to watch. Mm. And I saw, literally saw the worst. I saw, I, I dealt with sexual assaults. I dealt with sure. violence. I dealt with all sorts of stuff to the point where I was like you know what I, I want to be with people but I want to be with people in in sharing the gospel and helping them grow so that when they do face these things they they stay rock solid so right. I walked in quit said I'm gonna go be a youth pastor 
Um, don't know how I'm going to pay for it for seminary, but I'm going to do it. My boss looked at me and she goes, what is everybody finding Jesus today? Because oh. apparently somebody else said something. I okay. don't know what it was. Well, but, uh, apparently. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's kind of what led me to where I am today. It was interesting that that particular job and that, uh, that, uh, supervisor I had, I would say she's the reason why I'm where I, I made that shift of her saying, you just love students too much to be away from them. Right. So, so that would be the, you know, those, if I were to just pick the top three, mm-hmm. that would be, that would be my top three just for memorable, but also life shaping. Cause I mean, full-time ministry shapes you anyway, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. be here necessarily uh, without that, that last one. That's interesting. I was thinking, you know, it, there are jobs that definitely have life shaping, but there are also jobs that have um, work shaping and your ethic around how you work. And it's so important at least for you and yeah. I, to see our kids step into roles that teach them skills for later on, right? Yeah. Because those, like um, your job at the nursing home, well, you couldn't quit halfway through feeding someone. Yeah, you can't. Like, <laughs> there's, well, there's an important, valuable lesson to learn that you, when you have a job, you finish something, you mm-hmm. start. Well, and you learned, you know, you learned about the dignity that people inherent dignity they have when you're dealing with and working with someone who really is at the end of their life and maybe their family has kind of just stuck them there i just can't cannot imagine that but i mean you see the people right you see the person and and you really do and all their little quirks and idiosyncrasies and even the most frustrating things that they do right that they're not in control you you kind of laugh because uh because it's there's a sweetness to it even Mm. the meanest people there's a sweetness to it because uh, you're just like, oh my gosh, you know, this is, yeah. you can't hurt me. Right. You can't do any, you can't say anything to me. You know, you're kind of dependent on me, but I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Cause I want to help. Right. Um, so I would, you know, that one, I could see that, uh, you How? know, it, it does teach you a lot. I mean, like uh, your prison, you yeah. know, working in Denton Juvie, right. Yeah. You're seeing the worst of people's lives. Yeah. Yeah, it's you could even call it embarrassing, right? I mean, a yeah. lot of them came in just feeling um, sad and like they had no potential for the future. You know, how do you sit there and talk to a preteen who's looking at you going, I, I was prostituting myself yeah. to survive? Yeah, I they're mean, hard discussions to have because yeah. it's not – at that point, we always think of those – those conversations as like hypothetical mm-hmm. like hypothetically if your kid did xyz how would you respond yeah i was literally sitting in that chair at 22 yeah trying to help someone who had been doing that for two years and yeah. they're 14 and you don't have any frame of reference for their world right no you don't, it's a whole different world it's a whole different world and and you're trying to communicate trying to get a ba- breakthrough of something yeah. you don't know about right. personally experiencing it was I mean, I had a good boss there and they really did a great job of like supporting us because there was a whole team of us. There was like eight counselors and really it wasn't a Christian. Clearly Mm -hmm. it's, it's a county juvenile facility, but they really wanted the best for those kids. And that's, I would guess rare Mm -hmm. to find in any juvenile facility at the time. I don't know about now. That was years ago. I don't know who's there or what they do. It was I mean, I, I can't imagine. I mean, there's probably improvements, but I can't imagine it's that much different. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. I Did you have a boss you really loved? 
Like I was just looking through my list and I could think of different bosses and different things I learned from yeah, them. Yeah, I had uh, I would say when I was uh when I was a camp counselor, our camp director Wilson who's passed since then, he was just he was the kind of guy that you you realized he really did see the best in you. Um, and even when he had to, because I got in trouble as a camp counselor a lot, mm-hmm. even when he did, it was very loving. But he also saw the potential you had. Um, I would say, you know, in, in the residence life thing, uh, you know, there were supervisors, there were bosses that I had who I was very close to um, who, again, just to have a, a my you know Dana, my supervisor, tell me I I know you enough to know what you love, um, mm, and yeah, and to send great... you there, you know full time ministry, uh, youth ministry stuff. I could go on and on and on about my experience with uh, my my very close friend Brent, who was my direct supervisor. Um, and that's not to minimize you know talking about this is not to minimize the experiences there, um, but I think that's a whole entire. You know, that could be an entire episode of what that means. So mm. I would say, uh, you know, Dana um, and a lot of the people, you know, even her assistant directors uh, that were around me. Uh, I remember Jennifer. She mm-hmm. was she actually wrote a recommendation to seminary for me. Um, those are people that I, I think to myself, I go, yeah, they were the influential uh, and, yeah. and ones who really kind of uh, supported and believed that I could do something like that. So. I actually had a great experience at UNT as mm. a lifeguard when I became a manager. Yeah. Um, so the the staff, the full-time staff, did all the hiring and firing. Yeah. But brought us in to train us on how to hire and oh, fire that's someone. Cool. Yeah. And that was a really neat experience. And they were very um, equally balanced when they – I mean, mm-hmm. beyond, you know, I know universities have a lot of rules they have to follow, yeah, right? Yeah. But this was genuine concern that are we hiring these kids in a way that they can succeed not only in school, mm-hmm. which meant sometimes like if we had somebody that was in a med school program, yeah. we would give them the shifts that didn't have to do much so they could study. Oh, okay. Intentionally. Yeah. Kind of help them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they were good kids. There's nothing wrong, but they didn't yeah. have the time to sit or run all day long and mm-hmm. then go to the residency or whatever it might yeah. We didn't have a residency program, but that's an example. Um, so that was a really neat experience to watch how to treat people and mm-hmm. how to really cater a job that they can do well mm-hmm. to what they need to do. Um, and I would, I would say my bosses right now in the, I'm not saying this because they're my bosses. I'm yeah, just saying yeah. they really go out of their way to teach me how to lead people because that's a lot of my job is yeah. leading people you know, in a way that they feel supported and loved mm-hmm. and cared for. And, um, I'm really thankful for all the lessons I've learned in the last five years yeah. on how to lead people. Mm-hmm. And that's a big deal. So yeah, I yeah. would say, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, I would, uh, you know, a lot of the things you sometimes take for granted is how your jobs shape you. And we think, yeah. even think about our daughter, her job now. Okay. Great. with <laughs> yeah. lodge. But I think about the things she's learned, the skills she's learned yeah. dealing with people who are unhappy and standing her ground and confidence. And, Oh, I've seen her grow tremendously. Yeah. I mean, the there's last... so many things mm-hmm. that you, you learn. So, okay. So is there one particular job you would never do again? Um, you know, ironically, I, I was looking at it and I keep skipping over one. The Richland College Pool Lifeguard. It, here, Okay, so here's how it would go. And and I will say it wasn't the worst job I had, yeah. but it's the job I would never return to. So okay. Okay. I don't remember how I found it. Maybe in the at the time there were newspapers or whatever uh, for the local, like for that college. Mm-hmm. So I applied. I was the only one to apply. Yeah. I got it. 
there was a little shack and a really large pool. I mean, this pool was heated and yeah. it was like a hundred. It was a standard Olympic size plus a swimming area. Yeah. So it was pretty big. And I was worried that it was just me on staff. Mm-hmm. So I get there the first day and sure enough, <laughs> it's just me. Oh, wow. But good news, no one ever swam. <laughs> <laughs> so I so had you a, just sit in an empty pool yeah we had this little pool house i mean like it wasn't covered or anything yeah it was yeah. totally exposed i don't know about now so it was totally exposed and it was like a five-hour shift wow and i would have one swimmer maybe and it was never the same swimmer so i didn't get a chance to create relationships it was always somebody yeah it was like some dude who had a you know a hard day and he yeah. happened to have a swimsuit so he, he would go swimming relax. Yeah. i get that and I, it it wasn't that i was ever rude to people but i never was able to create a relationship and yeah. would sit there for hours That's funny. so that was the job i did for a little bit and i can't remember why i quit it was like they changed where they were getting their lifeguards from yeah. there's there's some pools at the time that people were pulling from mm-hmm. and so i think they changed and i wasn't part of that pool so i didn't yeah i i didn't continue but it was not the greatest job mm-hmm. but it did fit into my calendar well cuz i created my schedule around it and it was easy yeah so there's that <laughs> um if i <laughs> If I had to pick one, I wouldn't do United Van Lines again. Not that it was a difficult oh. job. It was, I mean, it was hard work, but there was something about it that, uh, uh, you know, you had really awesome people you worked with in the homes, like families, sure. but then you also had a lot that were just dismissive of you. Yeah. They didn't the treat help. you very nice. Yeah. We're just the yeah. help. And, you know, obviously because I, I'm there in their, you know, 8,000 square foot home dressed mm-hmm. in a work shirt that there's no possible way I could be valued. You know, it was just, right. there were times that it was like, but then at the same time, there were people who were really sweet and awesome and nice, but it was just, it's just one of those jobs. And I remember cause I, uh, uh, there was a guy I worked with, um, he had been in prison and he was now a counselor, um, for kids coming out of, mm. out of jail. And, uh, it was just a super awesome guy. And he asked me, he said, so you getting ready to graduate college, huh? And I was mm-hmm. like, yep. Uh, when I go back, it's my last year. He goes, well, if I see you here next summer, I'm going to whip your butt. Aww. Because he goes, you don't need to be here. Yeah. He said, he said, you need to be, you need to be chasing after what you want to do. But he yeah. goes, if I catch you back here next summer, I'm going to be real upset. You graduated college. Oh, you shouldn't so be here. Kind. It was really cool. He was a really nice guy. But I had a, a friend in when I was managing pools for the city of Dallas. Now, mm-hmm. that, that was a weird situation. They put you in as, you know, you were a lifeguard for the first year and then you'd be, uh, you could apply to be the manager. It was really great pay yeah, at the time. Yeah. We're talking 20, almost 30 years, no, 25 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And they were paying like $15 an hour. Oh, wow. Well, and, and you're also dealing with people's lives. Yeah. I mean, and you were making sure everybody was up to date on the certifications and you also had to lifeguard and you also had to make sure the pool was clean and all this. Nobody trained you on it, though. They were just like, ah, you're a manager now and you're going to go to a four. Go do it. You you have to go to a four hour meeting to tell you how to be a manager and then go do it. And I was horrible. I know that. I would be a much better manager there now. But there was a girl named Jessica. She came from a different background, Mm -hmm. high poverty. Um, she was from Mexico. Her parents came here. I don't know that whole story, but her parents came here when she was like five or so. Um, she did run with some gangs and she got herself into a lot of trouble, but she loved her job as a lifeguard. That's cool. And we, that was one of the most genuinely fun relationships that Mm -hmm. I ever made 
like from scratch. You know, a lot of times you move into jobs and you already have friends because yeah. somebody knew somebody. But I went into that job not knowing but one person, and I met her. Yeah, knew there, and our relationship was so sweet and so tender because I could come to her with things, and she could come to me with mm-hmm. things, and we didn't have a previous like conceived idea of what it should be so we bounce ideas off each other that's cool and she broke into the pool one night when i was managing it (laughs) and destroyed it because they were all high oh wow and that was a great learning experience on how to have compassion on someone yeah and just not get angry to be honest she destroyed everything so her and i came in the next day and i helped her clean up from it yeah because she brought her friends to come and swim, and they were high as a kite, so they destroyed. Mm-hmm. We had things in our office that they literally destroyed, hmm. and we had a sit down talk afterwards that these choices are bad. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> it was it was the first time I walked away as a boss or a manager and thought, okay, I did that right. Yeah, I didn't fire her. There was nothing really, truly that she should have been mm-hmm. fired over. Yeah, because she still needed the job. And she was a great lifeguard. That's cool. But she needed some personal help. Yeah. And we also giggled till like all day long over one time I had a pipe burst and it was like 80 feet in the air (laughs) and it wouldn't stop. And they just told us, yeah, just open the pool and wait till someone comes and turns it off. That was not happening. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But that's funny. Yeah. Well, we all have those jobs. We all have those jobs we had. And maybe you're thinking, if you're listening, you know, think about which ones were the most formative for you, which ones were the ones you loved, and which ones were the ones that you would go, yeah, never again. Yeah. Um, But uh, we'd love to hear from you. If you see us on Facebook, drop a comment and it says, uh, you know, hey, I love this job or whatever. But you can also email us at podcastinglees at gmail.com with suggestions for topics or what you thought of this episode or any episode before that. We've had several that have been great. Yeah, we've had some great ideas. And, and uh, our next episode will be how, hecto- how, sorry, that was a lot of words. It was a lot of words at once. You were really trying to push through that. <laughs> how has technology changed in our lifetime? Okay. Now, this is not about, I work in tech. This is not about that. Yeah. This is... How did we make phone calls? Yeah, you know. How did we talk to the ladies? Well, how did it impact us? Yeah, how did yeah. previous technology? What were the things that we had to the hoops we had to jump through? So yeah, that'll be the next one. We're going to talk about the technology that has changed in our lifetime. So yeah, uh, you might enjoy that one. So anyway, hopefully you guys have a good week um, and a great rest of your weekend. Uh, if you are listening next weekend, but you won't be if you're listening during the week because we're recording this on the weekend. <laughs> are we? Oh, well, we're recording this one on the weekend. On the weekend, but, the but they may not. But you Wednesday. know what you should do? You should listen to this one on the weekend. And then it would be like you were sitting here all at once. Anyway. Oh, my gosh. What has happened to <laughs> All us? that to say. Thanks for listening, guys. And we will see you next time. Have a great day.